I'm Brenna, a certified sex expert and sex coach who is passionate about human sexuality, female empowerment, and helping people develop the sex life of their dreams. I'm Brian, certified relationship coach, eager to share my unique relationship experiences along with a rich history of sexuality to coach you through your personal journey. And you're listening to Sex on Your Terms. Continuing with the trend of recent episodes today, Brian has a question for me regarding our non-monogamous life, our relationship. I honestly have no idea what it is. I don't know the question ahead of time, but we are going to discuss something related to the two of us very shortly. Before we get to Brian's question today, though, I have a sex in the news that I, of course, find incredibly interesting. Are you ready for this one, Brian? Yes, and I don't know anything about this either. (laughs) It comes from The Print, which is, they do a lot of different stuff. It's kind of an all-around news outlet that's out there. I don't know a ton about it, but I do want to know much more about this study after reading the article. The article is called Feminist Men Have More Sex Finds New Study. Interesting. Feminist men have helped transcend sexual inequality by bridging the gender gap in orgasms, and it's a good sign for their sex lives. I absolutely love that heading, and I can't wait to tell you more about this, but what are your initial thoughts? I'm not surprised. I mean, (laughs) this is my surprise look. I'm not surprised. That was my whole thing, too. I'm like, I love reading this because there's actual evidence. There's information that shows that if you're a decent human being that cares about women's orgasms and pleasure and other feminist type qualities that you are going to have a better sex life. So you're saying if I'm thoughtful, I'll get laid more? (laughs) That's basically what the study Did they need a study to figure that out? They could have just asked me. No, it is a Canadian study. We have to keep that in mind. It is not a US study. I don't know if that would cause- So it's going to be very polite. Well, for certain, of course, Canadians are very polite people, but I don't know if it would be different if it was a U.S. study. I don't think it would. I can't. Listen, basically, I don't even have to read this to, to, to surmise that what this is saying is if you're a nicer, better human being, you're going to be more well received in a number of different ways, not the least of which is sexually. Yeah, so the study basically broke down the different ways that men have sex and whether they consider themselves feminists and also what their feminist views are. So basically, the study had all sorts of different categories that men could fall into. What I found was very interesting is that a lot of men claimed that they were feminists, but then when asked about feminist-related issues... Maybe not so much. They probably had some work to do in that area. So they labeled feminist men as men who fit their specific criteria for what a feminist man is. Did they break down what that criteria was? They did. I'm not going to go into all of it because it's a lot of data, but it's very interesting. I'll definitely link to it in the show notes. But I thought this was really interesting. While feminist men reported giving oral sex to their partners more recently and often, they also engaged in intercourse and received oral sex more recently and often than non feminist men, suggesting that they don't sacrifice their own pleasure. And this is linked to better communicative skills about sex in general. Anyone who listens to the show or or from Port Swingers, for that matter, I would think by now knows at least how I feel about reciprocal oral sex. Well, how we feel about reciprocal behavior, period. In general, And mutual pleasure, period. Yes. And my steadfast belief in anything, not just sex, but related to just about anything that you can relate it to, you get what you give, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. If you put out a positive energy, you'll get a positive energy back. And that's in just about anything. Now, 
I was on a date yesterday with an amazing woman, and I 100% absolutely provided oral before she did. You usually do. And I made sure of it. Yes. Because I did not want to be the turd in the punch bowl. I, I want. Ew, what a gross saying. <laughs> well, I just, I want, you know, I want to be at least regarded as someone who is thoughtful and cares about the, the person that I'm with and their needs. Yes. Pretty well, simple. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it goes beyond more than just that, though. I think to be considered a feminist man in today's day and age means that you understand that there's a lot of BS that women go through. And not only do you want to fix that in terms of like a societal view, you don't want to be part of the negative from a societal level, but it also means that you take care of the women in your life and you treat them with a certain level of respect. And I think that that bleeds into sex every single time. I can think of every man that I've ever been with sexually where, I mean, definitely before getting into the lifestyle, I dated and interacted sexually with some men that I should not have. They did not respect me. They did not care about my opinions on things. And it showed in the bedroom. The sex was not good. And now I've interacted with a lot of incredibly progressive, thoughtful, respectful, amazing men. And nine times out of 10, that results in significantly better sex. So I think that that's part of it. I think they mentioned in this article a couple of different times the pleasure gap and the idea that there are a lot of men out there who simply don't care about that. And if you are that person, you're not going to get repeat visitors over and over again, right? You're If you are a man that's existing in the world and having sex with multiple partners, for example, you're a single man who's uncommitted but sexually active, the chances of the same woman coming to you four or five 12, 20 times when you don't care about her orgasm is insane. It's not going to happen. Well, you At least a, it shouldn't happen. If you throw a bad party, no one's coming to the next one. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. So those guys, guys like that, I imagine, have a lot of first dates or a lot of first encounters. Single yeah. encounters. Yeah. yeah. One night stands. Solo. Solo encounters. And in fact, I often get worried when I talk to guys about the one night stand concept. It's not that I'm judging them for only having sex once or for having very casual sex. That's not the issue. The issue is if that's all you're doing, it tells me that you have an inability to connect with people. And I've always thought in the back of my head, okay, does that mean that you're not good in bed? Because if so, wouldn't someone want to hit you up again? I don't want to just throw away good sex. Right. I get there's a lot of people out there who like that one off and that's their thing. Cool. It doesn't matter to me either way. But if that's all you're experiencing, largely due to the fact that you are not a thoughtful person in the bedroom, well, no surprise. Yeah. I guess I'm, I'm probably generalizing. What I'm saying is I always assume that if you're having a bunch of one night stands, it's because they don't want to come back to you again. And that's probably not completely accurate. Although no. I do think that there is this thing with hookup culture that is not linked to feminism as well. If you're a guy who just wants to have a bunch of random partners, you don't care to know their name or what makes them tick or who they are as people, you're probably not uber progressive. And that's also going to show through in the way that you interact with someone sexually. Well, also, if that is your goal, and again, you know, whatever your thing is, do you. But if that's your goal, you're also probably really not giving a lot of consideration to whether or not your partner is being fully pleasured. You're worried about your own pleasure. Yeah. So you're not going to, it's not going to be a great experience. And in fact, it's not going to be the best possible experience for you either, which yeah. is kind of stupid. It is. Yeah. I just thought it was so interesting. And, and even more so interesting about this article was the 
correlation between the more feminist that somebody's views are, the greater chance they have of being considered good in bed. So it's not as if it's, uh, you know, black or white. You're either good in bed or not. It's almost as if the more progressive you are about dealing with women, handling women in your life, and handling women's issues in general, the more likely you are to be stellar in the sack. And I think that's fabulous. Yeah, but I also think that that has a lot to do with, again, I think what I just mentioned, if you genuinely are not interested in a repeat visit with said partner, you're not putting your best foot forward, right? You're not doing your your best to satiate that person. So that in and of itself is going to lend to a not so great experience. However, on the flip side, if you are genuinely interested in seeing this person again, you're going to go above and beyond. You're going to put everything into this and that should ultimately result in a better situation. So there may be a little bit of that as well. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just like this article. I like that there are men out there that are thoughtful about women's pleasure and that they are then receiving reciprocal pleasure themselves because that's the whole thing for me is the guys that I've been with that are amazing and that truly care about my pleasure, I am eager to do everything I can to please them. And I think that's why feminist men have a better sex life than non-feminist men. It's very likely. I think, but I do think there are a couple of components. All of them lend themselves to being better people. Yeah. That's just what it is. You're a better person. For sure. At least from my perspective. I look forward to reading that. Yeah. Okay. So we're moving on to your question. I had the opportunity to ask you a question last week you did? and it was great. And I am so glad that we had the conversation that we did. We talked a lot about fears and maybe not even fears, trepidations, things that we want to really focus on in order to alleviate some of our concerns moving forward in the lifestyle. So if you guys haven't listened to that episode, I definitely recommend that you go back and listen to it. It was maybe a little bit more vulnerable than we typically get on episodes, but I'm really glad that we did. Yeah. And I'm excited for your question this week, Brian. Well, my question is, I guess maybe it's a two-part question because it's it's going to circle back, I think, to essentially the same thing. The, the basis is the same. First of all, obviously, we have a 20-year age gap. Everybody knows that that listens to the show at this point. But some things I've been thinking a lot more about. One of them is just how different our age gap is going to look as we both get older. In other words, right now I'm 51, you're 31. This does not seem to be a gigantic issue in our lives at this point, certainly not as it pertains to the lifestyle. In fact, when a lot of people meet us and we tell them our age gap, they are like, oh, I would never guess. They may just be being nice to us, but it could also be that we don't look like we're 20 years apart. You certainly don't look 51. No, they're being very kind to me is what they're doing. Yeah, okay. Because it's very obvious I'm way older than you. Not 20 years though. Uh, Yeah, I think it is. However, it's going to become, in my opinion, far more obvious (laughs) when I am, say, 65 and you're 45. Right? Or I'm 70 and you're 50. So for me, I've been thinking a lot more about that. And of course, as we are continuing our journey, the idea of health and fitness and longevity, all of those things are playing a big role in what we're doing. And certainly it's always been a big part of my life. But I think more about it now. I think more about my my physical presence now from a health perspective more than I ever did, uh, you know, before and more so than an aesthetic perspective. So my first question too, and I have two. My first question is, what are your true feelings and potential concerns as we get older in the lifestyle? What does it look like, do you think, to you when I am 
10 years, 15 years older, and maybe not necessarily prepared to continue being as fully active as I am, maybe into my late 60s and even 70s. What do you think it looks like for us and for you? And do you think about it? And are you concerned about it? Yeah, I think about it a lot, especially lately, especially with us being on the road and having more time to think about these things in general. I think my biggest concern with it has always been that you are going to be slowing down as I continue to speed up. I'm not at my sexual peak right now, which is actually kind of scary to think about sometimes. I'm scared for everyone (laughs) for that fact. Because my sex drive is through the roof, but technically women aren't supposed to hit their sexual peak until their late 30s or early 40s. So, I mean, I still have a decade to go technically until I'm truly at my peak. Right. And at that point, if we're talking a decade from now, you're going to be 61. You are not going to be as, as active and as ready to go do things and ready to go meet people as I am. And that's definitely a concern. Like, how do we transition from what we're doing now, which is very much us centric, right? Like almost always, unless I'm going to just go see a single guy, it's you and I meeting people together. Granted, we play separately, but it's about us as a unit. And it's about us going and doing things, going to events together, getting hotel rooms for the night together to go play with people. It's all of these things that are about us. And I wonder how we transition away from that and still maintain why we wanted to be in the lifestyle to begin with. Yeah, I can see that. And now that you say that, like you said, because I didn't think of it from the perspective of your really coming into your own sexually and your your sexual peak. Yeah, it's about 10 years down the road. In 10 years, I'm going to be 61. You're only going to be 41. Yeah. I don't even know what my energy level is going to look like at 61. Now, let's let me put this into perspective for those of you who don't know me. I am very healthy. I'm very active. I am very energetic. I don't have any real ailments that keep me from doing anything other than the injuries I've sustained over the years as a kid and a you know young person as an athlete and those kind of things. So Yeah, but even your injuries don't stop you from doing normal things. No, no, no. I, I am not I am not in any way impaired by any means. I can't not do anything. My point is I'm in really very good shape and very healthy for someone who is 51 years old by comparison to a lot of people that I know, uh, folks at least that are my friends. However, I know how I feel now. I know how I felt 10 years ago. I certainly know how I felt 20 years ago. And it scares me to think about how I'm going to feel in 10 years from now. So when I think of it from the lifestyle perspective and from when I think of it as what is it going to do to our relationship as it pertains to the lifestyle, I get a little concerned because I know that you're going to be ramping up. And am I going to be slowing down as you're kicking into high gear? I'm downshifting. So how are we going to best adjust our situation, or particularly as in the lifestyle? What does our lifestyle situation look like? And how do we start to prepare for it? And when do we start to prepare for it? That's the thing that's really on my mind. Yeah. You know, how do we start to look at that and go, okay, it's 10 years. That's not that, it's not a lot of time. And what happens between now and the five-year mark, the halfway point? Do we start to put pieces in place now to make adjustments? And what are they? 
Yeah, that's exactly my concern. Like, I don't know what those adjustments are. I know why I enjoy the lifestyle. I know that I enjoy it because it's about us. It's about our reconnection. It's about us feeding off of each other's erotic energy and really doing it as a team. I think it's really important to point out for any of you who don't play separately, you may not understand this, but just because we don't play in the same room at the same time doesn't mean it's not about us. It 100% is. And I love that. about. It's my favorite thing about the lifestyle. You always say for you, it's socializing, meeting people, connecting with people. For me, it's about our connection that transcends an experience, both in terms of longevity. I mean, sometimes there's a week, two weeks that we're feeding off of an experience, but it also just brings us closer together emotionally as well. Well, there's no doubt. And and to be clear, it is also the best part of it for me, that reconnective time. It really does bring us together in in a very different way that, as you mentioned, a lot of folks who don't play separately don't necessarily uh, relate to. But When I say that the socialization is the biggest part for me, or the most exciting part for me, what I mean by that is it supersedes the sexual component. With other people. With other folks. Yeah, that's that's the part I like the best. I just had a conversation about this with a, a gentleman earlier today. The biggest part of the lifestyle for me, I think the part that I look forward to the most are the are the the relationships that we have cultivated. And when I think back to when we first started, particularly when it was about single people, right? Single guys specifically, we were not interested in being friends with the single guys. We just wanted to have these one-offs and you were going to have these experiences and that was going to be that, but we wanted to be friends with the couples. Well, as it turns out, some of those single guys are some of our closest friends. And so that all changed for us. But that's the biggest piece. I mean, for me, like I said, the socialization more so even than the physical, I, I enjoy that. But I do agree with you. When we reconnect, that's the icing on the cake, right? That's the That's the main event. That's not the icing on the cake. That is the cake. Yeah, everything else is just... Icing on the cake is sex with other people. Yeah, and I don't want to say that everything else is secondary. That's just the most important piece for us. Sure. You know, and I don't want to discount the the connections that we make, but but that really is what this is all about. Like we refer to the sex with other people as the cover charge, basically, you know, (laughs) which is great. I mean, it really is, but it is about us and and that's, I think, the way it should be. But yeah, it, it definitely does concern me. I don't know exactly how to go about making that adjustment and uh, what steps to take going forward. But I know there's something, I know there's going to have to be something. I am really paying very close attention to, you know, minding the shop very closely. (laughs) I'm paying very close attention to me and my, my physical being and how I feel in certain con- uh, under certain conditions and what makes me feel better and what doesn't make me feel great and how I can improve those things because I want the longevity, obviously. I want to continue. I mean, listen, I wish I could go back to being 21. I don't have that ability, but I definitely don't want to, f- I guess I don't want to feel my age. That's probably really what it is. Yeah. I don't want to feel my age. I don't know what that's going to be like in 10 years. I'm not sure. Well, I had a really interesting conversation with one of our listeners about this. It's been a couple of months back now, but she was remarking on the fact that she and her husband are, I believe they were in their mid 60s and they've been in the lifestyle for like 15 years. And she said, you know, I feel us getting older and I feel people being less interested in us because we're older. We're we're still active. We're still going to events. We're excited to be around people. We love to dance. It's not as if we're these old retired folks that just want to sit at home and read the newspaper. That's not who we are. But 
as we go to events and I see the demographic shifting and us being the older people, I often think to myself, we're always marching back towards monogamy, not because we want to, but because <laughs> that's almost like the expectation of somebody that's in their 60s, 70s, etc. that you're that you're going to not only be less likely to want to be in the lifestyle, but that you're going to have fewer opportunities because that's just the reality of it. The attractive level of older people, as much as I wish it wasn't the case, it, it is something. And and I thought that that was really interesting. Not even so much about you know the the age portion of it, but just this idea of I guess fear of having your lifestyle experience be different as you age. Yeah, and I am not thinking differently, I think, than you are. In fact, when we talk about, well, for example, where we are currently, we are in a nudist resort. And when you think about the average age of the folks here, you are absolutely the youngest by 40 years, other than myself. I'm, I'm the second youngest here at 51, <laughs> right? right? There, I mean, there's no question. We did see a couple last night that were about your age. That's the first time. Everyone else here is every bit of 40 years your, your senior. Yes. And I can't help but wonder, is this where old swingers go when it's over? <laughs> you know, is this what they do? Hey, there could be way worse things out there. Oh, than yeah. Kicking it naked every day. Listen, no question about it. These folks are active. They are fun. It, it is a seven day a week party here. You know, I mean, they just have at it. There's 40, 50 people playing darts at night or doing whatever they do. And they are always naked. Yeah, but I, I guess the concern is that you're going to want that in 20 years. And I'm not going to be ready for that in 20 years. Well, you see what I'm saying? Well, no, honestly, for me, the concern is I am not not going to want that, but I am not going to be able to do, to perform the way I want to. That's my concern for me personally. My concern for you is that you're going to watch me struggle with this and I don't want it to put a damper on you having a good time. You know, I'm going to struggle. You know I'm going to struggle. I struggle with it now. Yeah. I struggle with things that I know that I can't do physically because I am absolutely 100% going to hurt myself. There's no doubt. I'm going to fuck myself up doing some of the things I want to do. Yeah. You know, you stop me all the time. All the time. Yeah. I'm, I know I'm <laughs> going to do it, right? So, and that's part of getting older and, and realizing your mortality, I guess, because I was so full of piss and vinegar and, and vital when I was a kid, younger. And yeah. now it's like, you can't do that shit, man. What are you thinking? You don't want to accept your limitations. Hell no. I don't want to believe I have any. Yeah. And I think that's probably going to be the case in the lifestyle as well. Well, so let's take my experience yesterday, for example. I was with an amazing woman. I mean, just so sexy. Amazing. She's still over a decade younger than me, which is great. And I, and I, <laughs> and I think to myself, well, maybe... You know, maybe that's the benchmark. Maybe I don't need to go any any more than ten years, my my junior, other than you, and that's like the safe zone, right? So, of course, my, you know how my head works. I'm 51, she's 40. Okay, so if I'm 61 and she's 50, that's still okay. You know, I could still pull that off, right? That that of course is what's going through my mind. You sleep with people my age all the time, younger even. <laughs> but it, my point is, at 61, is that going to be an option? I seriously doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. I seriously doubt it. So the way I'm, I'm compartmentalizing this in my mind is, okay, 51 now. The gal I was with is 41. She was smoking hot. So if I am 61, hell, I'm 65 and she's 54, that's still okay, <laughs> right? I could still do that because then I think to myself, the, the events that we've been to as of late, or at least the groups of people we've been in contact with as of late, when I look around the room... You're still in the lower percentile in terms of age. Yeah. I'm not necessarily in the middle. I'm definitely in the 
upper third of it, I would think. But definitely people older than me, a lot of them younger, but there's still some older. So I think, okay, I still, I've got some gas left in the tank. I could still pull this off. Yeah. And I think one of the things you're not necessarily bringing into account when you think of it in those terms is you're a 51 year old who takes incredible care of himself, who is always well put together, who always dresses perfectly, who always is groomed to the nth degree. That's very different than the average 51 year old. And I think that that is something that a lot of men in the lifestyle need to consider as they get older. It's not necessarily just the the year you were born on your driver's license. It's about what are you doing to still put yourself out there as like a sexy person? Well, so, okay, let's talk about this for a second, because again, I, I had this conversation with someone, uh, another gentleman this morning, something to this effect. And I, it got me thinking after he and I stopped talking, we got off our call. I said not too long ago uh, on our show, our, our Front Porch Swinger show, when I was looking at the folks at the pool at Secrets, for example, or maybe I just said this to you, when there was a you know a number of people out there, couples particularly, I'm, I'm looking at men and women who are coupled folks. And some people that are listening to the show may not know what you're talking about. Secrets is a resort that we have been to on multiple occasions yes, in Florida. It's a lifestyle resort. The bottom line is there's clothing optional pool party on the weekends, and you, there's a lot of different folks out there, different ages, different sizes, different shapes, different everything. And the thing I noticed, of course, is men are not... The guys my age, potentially, and maybe a drop older, are not super excited or really eager necessarily to be completely naked all the time. The gals, it's a free-for-all. They take it all off and they just enjoy themselves. I also noticed that percentage-wise, the older folks, male and female, the women seem to just be put together better. They're, they care more about how they look. I mean, their makeup is done, their hair is done, you know, all those things. And they're, they're always, they're just well put together. The guys, they just kind of get undressed or they don't, and they are just what they are. And it's almost like, I don't want to say they've given up, but they're not, I guess they don't think about it in that, in those terms. Like my partner's beautiful. She's the one that we're here for. So I don't need to necessarily be concerned about it kind of thing. Yeah. I never want to fall into that because I don't want to do that to you, certainly. And, and I want to take pride in my appearance and being a drop older, but still holding my own. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think it makes total sense. I don't know if it's realistic, but I'm certainly going to give it a shot, <laughs> you know, but... I also, in the situation that we're in, different from a lot of the folks I'm referring to because the people I'm talking about are basically, you know, the couples are, you know, they're age appropriate. They're about the same age. There isn't anybody that I've seen thus far with some very few, very few exceptions that have our age gap. So I don't think they have to necessarily think about it in the terms that I have to think about it, or at least that I do think about it. Does it put pressure on you? Hell yes, it does. Absolutely. Does it bother you? No. Or is it just a reality that you've accepted? Well, not only is it my reality and I've accepted it, what it does do is uh, it frightens me a little because while I don't feel like it puts pressure on me, uh, it puts pressure on me, but I don't, not from the standpoint that it's not unwanted. I want the pressure. I want to be held accountable, but it does concern me because I am a moron and I am always looking to do more and more and more and more, but I have got to measure myself. Because if I don't, I will not be able to perform at all at 61 in the way I want to. Yeah, you'll you be know? in a freaking wheelchair or something. 
something from yeah, having gonna, two knee replacements. Yeah, or- I'm gonna be I'm gonna be all kinds of jacked up. So yeah, I have to I got to be very controlled about how I go forward with the physical component of myself, my physical form. I got to be very careful. Yeah, and I think like you said, that's what's been so important about the shift that you've had to do very recently in terms of thinking of your own fitness and thinking of your own body. Is it's not you always say I want to look good naked. I want to look good naked. Okay, that's all well and good. I totally understand that desire. But shouldn't it be more about I really want to perform well in the bedroom and I still want to be able to bang a girl for an hour and not hurt for a week afterwards? That's what it should be about. Yeah, I don't want to have to tap out after 30 minutes. You know, that's the big thing. Well, listen, I've said this many times. When it comes to what I do from a physical perspective, I, I look at mainly two key components, right? I don't want to hurt myself and I want to look good naked. That's essentially the two things I care the most about. I want to do the least amount of work and get the most result out of it. Yes, That's but what as I you have get, to do. As you get older, you're going to have to shift from efforts into one more into another. Well, I also have to obviously come to grips with when I say I want to do the least amount of effort in terms of fitness, for example, and get the most out of it, that has to change over time. I sometimes don't let that happen. Like to me, what I think is less simply is not. I have to purposely make myself stop or I'm going to hurt myself. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is I need the longevity. I got to figure out how to be more active and more, I need more vitality for a longer period of time, I think, than a lot of people because they are not in our situation. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing is we need to just start shifting maybe some priorities within the lifestyle. That's why we've talked about polyamory. Yes. Not because I'm trying to replace you within the lifestyle, but because there will come a time when you aren't going to want to come to the naked pool party with me all weekend long. Right. There's going to come a time when I'm like, oh, I really want to go meet this couple. And you're like, I am so not interested. And I don't want to have to give up experiences. I still want to. I will always want to be a non-monogamous person. Right. And if you come to the point that you don't anymore, I think it's just something we have to like prepare for and think about. Well, I don't think that it'll ever necessarily come to that. But as I've mentioned many times, I firmly believe that should you take on another partner, that person provided, let's say someone who identifies as male, I believe that person needs to be closer to your age for that reason. Yeah. I, I really feel strongly about that now more than ever. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, over the last year, it's really kind of been, you know, I've been really thinking hard about it. And now that really the last six months, it's really sinking in. And the last three months, it's really sinking in. And I really want to make sure that you have all those opportunities you know, into your 50s and 60s if you want to. Because let's face it. 50s or 60s, I want to go. There's a a woman that I met recently who's in the lifestyle who's 71 years old. Yeah, she's smoking hot. First of all, she looks 50. She doesn't look 71. (laughs) I don't don't think she does. She looks younger than that. (laughs) But she is also still going hard and she is having a whole lot of fun. And I want to be that lady. And I want you to be that guy too, if you want to. But I also know your personality. And I know that like even now there's times when I want to go do things and you're like, I'm tired. And I get pissy about it. It because it's like I'm 31. I'm not tired. I want to go out and have fun. And you're like, 
no, I'm tired and you shouldn't be selfish. And I really have to stop and think about like, he's absolutely right. This isn't all about me. It's about us. And that's my main concern in the lifestyle is how do we maintain the us component without one or both of us feeling like we're not getting what we need? Well, I think part of that is getting involved in some different things and getting involved in them, the things we do in different ways. For example, just because we're at an event or at whatever the event may be, whatever the party may be or the gathering may be, we can both be there. Doesn't mean I need to be on the dance floor all night. Doesn't mean I need to be partaking in all of the different activities. I can just be there with you uh, and you can do your thing. You know, we don't we don't necessarily need to concern ourselves with not taking part in things. We're just going to take part in them a little bit differently. Yeah, and I that's definitely something I need to work on because even right now, I do want you to get on the dance floor with me. It's not your thing. And because you don't, I tend to hang back with you. Yeah, and I don't want you to and do And then that. I feel like I'm missing out on the fun. Yeah, there's no reason for you to do that. You certainly don't need to worry about me. You know, I can find my space wherever, you know, you can do your thing as long as I know you're safe. The rest of it is academic for me. If I can get involved and want to get involved, I certainly will. And if I'm just not feeling it, that doesn't mean you can't. I just want you to have a good time. But more importantly, I want you to have that good time in 10 years and 15 years. So that's the thing that's kind of been on my mind. And I figured, uh, what better time to ask and see what your thoughts were? Well, now you know. I think my answer is there is some concern there. I have zero idea how to fix it. I do think that it is something that we will need to talk a lot more about as time goes on. Well, the good news is we are definitely both aware of it. And we don't have to dance around it. I'm fully aware that I am getting older. So Yeah, you're not sensitive about it, which I really appreciate. I I think that was always my thought, like being with someone older, period, is that there would be this weirdness about getting older and I'd have to kind of dance around the subject and not step on toes. And I really like that I don't have to do that with you. I can tell you. Like there there have been times when you're like, I'm tired. I'm like, well, that's because you're 20 years older than me. And there's no you don't get upset about it. You're like, yeah, I am. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, well, like I told you, I can relate to your, your being 31 years old. You cannot relate to my being 51 because I've been 31. You've never been 51. Yep. So you can't do that. So I get it. You can't put yourself in my situation. I can definitely put myself in yours. So while I have that empathy and I get it, I am just trying to make sure I harness it. That's really all I'm trying to do. At the same time, I've got to be cognizant of what my limitations are. That's it's just that simple. Agreed. You know? Anyway, that was kind of the first part of the question. The second part lends itself to the the longevity, of course, of, uh, of the, our relationship and, and the lifestyle as it pertains to the lifestyle anyway, but a, a little bit differently. So as of late, we have had, I don't want to say some pushback in terms of the bisexual men in the space. We, we've had these discussions with folks, mostly digital. It hasn't always been awesome because people are pretty much on either one side of the fence or the other. They are okay with men being bisexual in the lifestyle or not. There are two camps. Now, of course, everybody knows I am bisexual or pansexual, so I am not heterosexual. Let's put it that way. As we continue to progress, and as if I, as I have expressed to you, I want to really explore that aspect of my sexuality as we start to move forward and, and kind of, you know, decide what we're doing for the rest of our lives. What do you think that looks like for us going forward in this space? And what I mean by that is, as we start to, or I should say, as I start to engage more with pansexuality, let's call it, and start interacting more with people who don't necessarily identify as women, 
What does that look like for us going forward in this space? How do you feel about that? I don't think that's a me decision. I think it's a you decision. I think I've always provided you with the utmost support. In fact, I am the one who set up your dating profiles you specifically to meet people other than women. Yeah. And I have always, you know, pushed you. I don't want to say pushed you, but I've encouraged you to do the things that you want to do. I think I think there's still some concern on your end. I don't want to speak for you, but I, I just get the sense that there is still some maybe concern's not even the right word, just nervousness about it. And I think part of that is because there is this concept that because bisexuality or I should say male bisexuality and pansexuality are still so kind of taboo and not fully accepted, I think that there's still concern on your end that like I'm going to shift at some point and be not okay with something. No, not at all. That is absolutely not my concern. I would never think that you would do something like that. You have been nothing but supportive. And in fact, I have every gentleman that I have interacted with, you have basically, you kind of set it up for me or you reached out to them first. I set you up with like the hottest guy ever, by the way. Yeah, no question about it. He was literally the hottest person in our last town, male or female or otherwise. (laughs) Not just in in our hometown where we lived, but probably within a 500 mile radius of said town. So yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I would never be concerned about that. That's that's never even in the back of my mind. My concern, as far as uh, it goes for you, I'm concerned about how it affects you in this lifestyle. The reason I say that is because of this last interaction we had with people, some people are just ignorant and there's just all there is to it. I think you're concerned about the wrong things, much like we were concerned about that we wouldn't find couples that want to play the way that we do. I think that there are absolutely going to be couples out there that don't want to play with us because you're bisexual. We talked about this last Oh, there's no question about that. But I know how it's going to affect you personally when you start to hear, because you got really passionate about it. And Hold on, time out though. I wasn't the one that got super passionate. You were, and I totally understand. No, I got pissed. You were passionate. I was I was wanting to confront it, but I wasn't angry because I understand it. I understand that there is still this insane level of ignorance out there. That That is truly what it is. If you are a man who assumes that every bisexual man wants you, that is a level of ignorance that you just haven't learned to work through yet. And I don't despise the people that do that. I don't I don't hate on the people that do that. I feel bad for them. I feel like they don't understand sexuality in general and they certainly don't have an understanding of how to properly interact with other people, but I'm not angry with them. And I I guess I understand it. I I'm not accepting of it, but I understand it. Well, and that's kind of where you and I are we go in the opposite direction. I know we do. <laughs> because I got really angry because not I wasn't initially angry when this conversation, this digital conversation started. I got progressively more angry because of the pushback. Because this person or these people and just would not acquiesce in any way to what you were saying and it was very thoughtful and it was it was logical. And the fact that they continue to up the ante got me angry because what they were saying to begin with was one thing that was ignorant. What they ended up with at the end was far more ignorant because they doubled down on their ignorance. And that's the part that really pushed me over the edge. And that's when I was like, finally, uh, let me respond to this kind of thing because you're not getting through to them. You're just being too nice. Yeah, but you're never going to get through to those people either by being angry. I guess that's my point is like- Probably not. We're going to come up against that a lot, especially considering some of our future plans that we have and some of the things that we want to do in the locations that we're talking about ending up in. Like, we're going to be different than the norm. Yeah. 
And we're going to come up against a lot more of the prejudice behavior, of the homophobic behavior. That is a very unfortunate reality of our future. And yep. I am 100% prepared for it, but I'm prepared for it in a different way than you are. You at some times come about it from the perspective of you're going to fight it. And I don't think that there's any fighting ignorance. Well, no. Without educating people. That's the whole point is you have to educate people and then you have to let it sink in. And instead of like trying to hammer things into people's heads. Well, unfortunately, some folks are just thick headed that way and you're never going to educate them. So what I simply will do going forward is ignore them and disregard them because trying to, as you said, educate them, it's, it's a losing battle. You're, you're literally just banging your head against a wall. Well, you're never going to feel get better, which is all that really matters. But that's why I got angry and, and spoke the way I did because that made me feel better because I didn't feel like I was being genuine. I, I wanted to say what I ended up saying. And we started out with being very thoughtful about it. But when you get like hyper ignorant, that's when I'm going to get angry. And now I'm going to let you know exactly how I feel about you. And that's exactly what I did. I don't like to get to that point because I feel like I, like you said, I've accomplished nothing other than to get my blood pressure up, Yeah, you know, but it, it really is upsetting because I just don't see a need for it. I think you would really benefit from speaking to someone in the lifestyle who's been in your situation for a long period of time. Like everyone that we well, just have. Not really, though. I'm talking about somebody who is your age or oh, yeah, older yep. and has come out as bisexual and it's been a couple of years or it's been five years and they've been dealing with this. They've been dealing with people not responding to them on the lifestyle sites because of the bisexuality. They've been dealing with people not speaking to them at the events because of their bisexuality. And I think while there, I'm sure there's a lot of pain associated with that, I think that there's also probably, unfortunately, there probably has to be a certain level of acceptance and like moving on from it, compartmentalizing it to some degree, because I don't think it's going to just, we're not going to snap our fingers and change the lifestyle. No, absolutely not. But let me say this, those folks that I have interacted with on this topic, as you mentioned, none of them are my age. The guys that are my age that reach out to me, those are the guys that say, hey, I also don't identify as bisexual or anything other than heterosexual on our profiles for this reason or that reason. They're in the same situation I'm in. I have yet to encounter someone who is in my age bracket within 10 years either way that is kind of been dealing with this openly for any length of time. Not one. Yeah. Most of them are doing what a lot of people do. They hide. Yep. For the same reasons that we're talking about right now, for, because of ignorant people who simply don't understand male sexuality or sexuality at all, and because people come at them with that ignorance and, and honestly, in some cases, flat out hate, they just don't put themselves out there. Yeah. You know, those are the guys that are reaching out to me. And that's the thing that really got me pissed off because I know I'm not the only one. Like I talked about the last time, standing at a bar, two guys talking openly about how they despise the idea that men are bisexual in this space, basically, around 25 other people. They have no idea who they're talking to or talking in front of. I'm one of them. You know, that's ignorant. That's just, a, you're oblivious to what's around you. Yeah, but you're not going to fix it. That's the point. No, so you have not to I wanna, we want to help. We're not going to fix it necessarily, but we definitely want to make it more, more acceptable and more understood. Well, that's why we talk about it. And I think yeah. it's incredibly admirable that you came out publicly. You didn't have to do that. We, we're very public people and we are for a reason because we want to be positive yeah. 
representations of the lifestyle, but you're not required to come out publicly to no. anyone. No, not at all. And the fact that you have, I think, speaks volumes about your desire to help men that are similar in your situation, that men that otherwise may never come out. No, yeah, when we've talked to some of those guys, but and that was all part of kind of what it, I was talking about with the situation yesterday. I don't, I didn't have to come out. I didn't have to say anything. And that's the ironic part. Like I said to this person, if I never told you, you'd never know. And there's been a lot of folks in our past, a lot of couples that we've played with that never knew I was bisexual because I never told you yep. and it never came up. So if you don't know, you don't know. And you cer certainly weren't un inappropriately grabbing anyone or touching anyone or doing any of the things yeah. that guys assume you're going to do because, once again, they're ignorant. Yes. And, yeah, I mean, I guess my whole thing is, like, moving forward, I want to focus on the positives of your bisexuality. I want to focus on the fun that you're having and the experiences and the new people you're meeting and doing that rather than focusing on the trolls online. That's what's going to, to move us forward and make this a positive experience for us both. There's no question. But I do, as I mentioned earlier in this segment, do want to continue to pursue that portion of my sexuality. And I was just curious to what, you know, your take was on what you think it might look like as we move forward. And well, we've talked about a lot of different things. We've talked about everything from us being in a polyamorous triad with someone, which I would absolutely love. I don't know who that person is. That takes a very special person yeah. to date both of us and also to obviously be a bisexual or otherwise man. I mean, that's a big deal. So, I mean, that is always a possibility, but I, I don't know that we're going to find that. I think what's more realistic is you engaging with people closer to your age who are probably men. I yes. mean, I think that that is probably going to be something that will happen down the road. It's something that you've expressed that you've wanted, and I'm obviously fully supportive of it. I think it would be great for you to find someone who's similar to you in terms of, you know, fitness and, and the different hobbies. I mean, there are a lot of, I'm sure, bisexual or gay men out there who are closer to your age and are into the fitness world. I can't even imagine how cool it would be for you to find someone like that yeah. who wants to work out with you every day and who also wants to engage with you physically. Yeah, no, it would be ideal. In fact, that's that's the idea, right? We want to, I want to find somebody that would really fit into our dynamic, whether that turns into a, uh, a triad or not. Somebody even if I'm just friendly with them, even yeah. if it's, you know, you're the person dating them, but I genuinely enjoy them as a person. I right. have no problem with that. Yeah, that's that's the piece I think that, that's the, the most important component of all of this is that there's a mutual respect, understanding, admiration, care for all for everyone involved that that's the biggest thing if it's a triad that's amazing I, I like you said that person is that's the true unicorn in my yeah, opinion that's, the, that's the needle in the haystack for us but. well but but again that also doesn't necessarily fix the original problem that we were talking about earlier if it's someone closer to my age that doesn't help us i need you to be i want you to be more in touch with folks closer to your age that's the thing yeah i guess you know doesn't mean they can't be 40 10 years no, between each I guess. Class or something. Yeah, something. We've got to split the difference. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying there's a lot of possibilities and I'm open to all of them. But I do think that you exploring that side of you is really important. And I want to do everything I can to help you with that. I mean, like I said, it really at some point has to become your journey and what you want to do. I'm the one often. In fact, you've been talking to a gentleman that's here in the area. Yeah. And I'm the one that found him and provided him with your kick information. So once again, it's like me going out and doing that work. And at some point, 
point, you're going to have to take the reins and really decide what you want because only you know what you truly want out of this. Yeah, there's no question. I think, however, it's going to take a different community for me. I, I need to explore some other opportunities in terms of where and when and how I'm meeting people. That, that seems to be the biggest hurdle right now. That, that's the thing I, I need to get my hands around. I'm sure we can figure that out. Well, I'm going to try. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you answering honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate your questions. And I think that this is, I mean, obviously we went in a couple of different directions with this conversation, but I think to tie it back together is there are times, depending on age, depending on age differences, depending on a lot of different things where you're going to find yourself in a period of transition and trying to understand how you go about not only maintaining the things that you love about your current relationship, but also how you continue to reach for other things, despite some of the obstacles that might be there, right? Like a 20 year age difference. Just because we're an age gap couple doesn't mean our situation can't speak to you guys in that same way. You know, it's not necessarily always about age. Sometimes it's about health. Sometimes it's about confidence levels. It's about libido, sex drive levels. I mean, there's so many different times that you can find yourself in those transitional periods or concerned about not being on the same page. And that's normal. It's not a bad thing in a relationship. It's just about making sure that you set yourself up for success. And obviously, I know as cliche as it may be to talk to your partner about it. Always, always the key component to really just about anything that that open line of communication. Uh, I, mean, I can't express just how important that is. It doesn't matter the topic. Agreed. So I hope that you guys have enjoyed this conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for your questions. I really appreciated them. And I thought they were super thoughtful. Well, I was, you know, it's something that's those things have been on my mind, particularly the piece about our our age gap and what our lifestyle journey looks like in a decade. If you guys want to have a conversation about anything going on in your sex life, your relationship, looking to get into non-monogamy, etc., we love coaching people. It is our true passion in life, and you can find all of the information on our coaching services at sexonyourterms.com. We also have some really great blogs there. Brian's been doing a few lately, and I just love them, so you should definitely check them out. You can also email us directly at sexonyourterms at gmail.com, and if you're not already, we hope you'll follow us on social media. We're at sexonyourterms.com. On your terms on both Twitter and Instagram. And I think that's what we have for you this time. Next week, maybe I'll have another question for Brian. Actually, I've already had a couple rattling around in my mind that I think will be very interesting. So we hope you'll come back for that next week. And until then, we hope you enjoy Sex on Your Terms. <laughs>